Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball. I'm Joe and joined by Sam as always and we are going to go through the conference semi-final matchups and where we are in the series so far. Um, so yeah, I think we'll start with the series last night because then might not go out of date quite as quickly as the other might, might not go out of date in like four hours or whatever it is, five hours. Yeah, so the problem with these, these playoff podcasts is... I've had that which I listen to other people's podcasts is like literally if you leave it for yeah. like a day and a half sometimes it's gone and it's just yeah. uh, didn't have time for but that. Yeah. I mean hopefully what we say might apply after um, a couple more games anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean Buck Celtics, should we start with that? That's been insane. It's insane. been absolutely Probably insane. Probably the best series. Like every game has been close, hasn't it pretty much? Yeah, it's been it's the whole thing's just been absolutely wild with that series. Um, like even the fact that you've had like Marcus Smart going in and out, being hurt, and Rob like there's been off court like injury updates that have then swung it, and you each game has felt like it's been swung by someone either coming in and out of the lineup. So going into the series, it was all yeah. Middleton's hurt. I thought the Bucks were going to like yeah be competitive well, yeah, we... because they've got Yanis and. I mean, I guess we'll probably come on to it in a minute. But, like, I didn't think it was going to be... I didn't think they were going to be 3-2 up, basically. Yeah, we... Going into the series, our podcast... last podcast we did was just before these series started, wasn't it? And um, I think we were saying how, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a shame. Oh, Middleton's out, and Brown might be out, and maybe that'll, like, level it out. Um, but turns out, well, the Middleton bit has been out. Brown hasn't been out, really. Um, and it's been pretty level. Yeah, which makes you wonder about uh, where it would be if Chris Middleton was playing. Uh, it's not that long ago that some uh, hot take artists in America were saying that Yanis was the Robin to Middleton's Batman. He's what? That was a thing. That was a thing that happened. Was that was it? an actual. Yeah, like before last year's playoffs. Or, well, people say stupid stuff, don't they? But like that was an actual take that people were having, and now instead of that, it's more like I saw someone, someone I follow posted about um, is Yanis the the current version of Yanis like this peak that he's at now? How many players have ever been better than this level? Like that's how good he is at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a very short list, and it might be like zero people ever. Like that's how good he's he's been right now. And basically how good the Bucks are. I mean, I think I've been really high on the Bucks all year. All this when, like, there was a bit where they were just sort of, like, messing about for a while. They had some injuries at the start of the year. And then there was just always this, when they had their big three, they're amazing. Brooke Lopez didn't play for ages. Like, he played, I think, 13 regular season games. And now he's back, and he's, like, he looks great. They yeah. can then get some buckets from him occasionally. And defensively, when you've got him and Yanis on the floor, you basically can't go to the basket. That's one of the things that happened in this series is like, as they've done before, it's weird that there was ever this kind of like, it just seemed like there was sort of way more doubt about a team that just won the title than there should have been with these guys. Yeah. And like we said, we had doubt, but then there's like, Yanis is the best player I, in the world. Every like, year, people put way too much weight on the regular season standings. Yeah. It's like, I mean, the Utah Jazz were like the best team in the West for a couple of years. And then they, yeah, yeah, they 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 are not a good playoff team, and they have haven't been at any point. 
I mean, maybe in the nineties, but yeah, yeah, in the in the nineties is like the last time. And yeah. I think that's there's also it's very reductive and it can make it kind of boring about like who's got the best player stuff. But we'll come on to this in at least two of the other series where they're if you've got someone who's as unbelievable as Yanis, it just yeah. makes it changes absolutely everything. And he's so good at both ends of the floor that like the whole of the Boston defense has to be about making sure he doesn't score yeah. 100 and, and points. they can't. And even then they can't. It's like you, you like watching it. I mean, when you watch the highlights packaging, it's literally like I watched the highlights the game last night earlier and it was just over and over again. Just Yanis has the ball. Goes to the hoop past like three Celtics players and just puts it in. He's it um, like he's averaging loads of possessions in a row like that. He's thirty four, thirteen, and seven in this series. Yeah, and there've been a couple of moments when it's been like, oh, they actually uh, they dealt with him, they dealt with him quite well yeah. in that game. Well, he's, I he's... think, I think it's almost it's not. It feels like it's not necessarily in the other team's hands a lot of the time because. Like game four, I don't know if you watched much of that or watched bits of it or whatever. I think I ended up watching the whole replay of that, or like the replay of like the second, like the second half of it or whatever. Um, but basically, Giannis was just absolutely exhausted for like the second, the whole of the second half, and that they didn't win. Yeah, you kind of feel like if Giannis isn't absolutely exhausted, like they, it's it's almost like you can't, you just can't stop it. Well, game one was a good example of that. So he went six for 11 from the free throw line, which is a bit like reverting to his old ways. His free throw shooting has dropped off a bit in the playoffs, weirdly. They also held him to nine for 25 from the field. And it's like, well, you've got to win if you get that, from, if you hold Giannis to those numbers. But then he had 13 rebounds, 12 assists and two blocks. Yeah, the 12 assists is big. But that, well, that he... was a bad game. He was 24 points and plus 23 and they won game one. Like you, you can't hold him to thirty six percent from the field and lose the game. Like that, they, with the twelve assists, were they doubling him a lot in that one? Um, there was a bit of that. There was some just like they've they've defended him really well, man to man, most of the time. That's kind of the stupid thing here. Is he is he's so completely unstoppable. And where he's at as a playmaker now, like because yeah, like you said about like when he scores past a load of guys, which he does multiple times a game where he, he takes it in transition euro steps and dunks he's so good at like he's pulling off these like jump passes and getting up and throwing it back over yeah. his shoulder straight in he's pulling off like Doncic and Jokic kind of passes occasionally but then he as an interior force he's like Shaq still and then def- at the other end I mean he I mean he is I think the best all-round defensive player there's times when he's if he's got the wrong guy on a switch, maybe they're a bit too quick-footed for him. But like that's very, very rare. And maybe yeah. if he was trying to guard Embiid in the post for a whole game, occasionally Embiid would just be too enormous. And it's like, okay, that's literally everyone else who plays basketball in the world. It happens to them as well. Like he, He's so dominant at both ends. And it just it, it makes everything else so much easier for the rest of his teammates. Yeah. It does, and I yeah, I, it does. As I was saying, I think it does. Like so much of it rests on him, and maybe it might be the rest of the playoffs as well. It kind of rests on how they can manage him, because in that that game four, because after um, 
what was it after game three? I don't know, after game three, I just felt like it felt like Milwaukee had the momentum. It was like they might they might just go and finish yeah. this now. Then they lost the game four, but that so in that game when he was really exhausted, it was like I think they ended up seeing him in the last five minutes when it was really close. Yeah. They do that, that occasionally, though, and then they, they, but they give him like a quick rest, and then there's a timeout, and then you get like one of these, you sort of yeah. earn like an extra rest. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, basically, of... the hope is that you wear him down, and that's what I thought was going to happen. And then last night, so the other thing in this series is they've been giving him the three, and he's been taking them most of the time, and he's not shot. We've seen him shoot the three better than he has in this series. Although yesterday, there was one where they let him shoot it late in the fourth quarter, and he hit it, obviously. And it was just like, yeah. I I I thought I've kind of been on the Yanis is the best player in the league. I don't know why this is still a conversation thing for quite a while. And like the game he had, he had those two games against Brooklyn and Philadelphia towards the end of the regular season. And then how he's been in this playoffs, like the the first round series where they were playing the Bulls, that could have sort of become interesting. When middle two, like the Bulls were meant to be, I mean, but we knew it wasn't a good matchup. It was like, well, it wasn't. It wasn't even like a contest. Just he's like, I think he's quite a long way ahead of everyone else at the moment, basically. Um, and it's like, and because of how that makes a yeah. team have to adapt, particularly defensively, that you, think... you have to do so much to try and stop him and the foul trouble occasionally as well. Is like he ends up taking 10 free throws a game, whatever, most of the time. Yeah. I think it's like the kind of player he is as well. It is like he can just, which is the, it's that kind of the best player thing in the playoffs. Is a lot of time you just need someone to just pull the team along, pull the team to a win. Any, he, he can do that probably yeah like better than anyone else in the league at the moment. I think. Well, because he can do it. He both can ends. just if he do it at both ends and like if he needs to, he can just keep going to the basket. Whereas all these other guys, like okay, sometimes they'll. <laughs> You know, yeah. You can you can you dribble, get 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 a space and take a shot when it's clutch time, and maybe you hit them. But then other times you're not going to hit them all. Whereas well, with would... Giannis, it's like if he if he wants to, you feel like he could just. They need buckets if, if as long as he's not like you know exhausted. As I was saying, he can just he could just keep going to the basket and put it in. Just go and put it in over and over again, and then, and then there's. It's like he's he's not going to miss those. There's not a risk of not getting the points. He's just there was a couple he had when he was he was in a position where it's like he's basically been well defended there, and he obviously had the one. It was, it was earlier this series, wasn't it? Where I think Grant Williams was on him, and it's like it looked like he'd been locked up. Now at the end of the shot clock, he manages to spin him, take his one step, and do a pass to himself off the backboard and dunk it. And so that's obviously like the most highlight example of it. But that sort of stuff's happening all the time. Just where, like, yeah. there's nothing more you can do to defend against him there. But he's so quick. His arms are so long. And his steps are so long. They're like, you, you basically, one man cannot guard him. And he's now such a good passer that if you even dare to send another person. And they've surrounded him with enough shooting. That's the other thing. It's like, the yeah. team, they're getting just about enough three-point shooting from the guys around him. Even though Drew Holiday has had a pretty rough offensive series at times. Although he then was <laughs> absolutely insane to close out the game last night. And I think part of the reason he struggled is fatigue from, like, he has to play this insane defensive stuff 
for every minute he's on the court and then he's having to be the second offensive guy as well. Yeah, I, w- I would say though, maybe looking from the other side as well is Tatum. I mean, Tatum has had games in the series where he's just not really turned up particularly. I mean, he's he's put numbers up. He's under 40% from the field, just over yeah, 30% I mean, from three. Last night, he was two for 11 from three. Which is kind of... I didn't expect him to be this troubled because I, I thought that was the other Middleton thing is like the size and length of Middleton that can, you can then throw at Tatum as well. Wesley Matthews having this impact on Tatum was not expected. Yeah. But then you, I, we could put the fatigue thing, thing in there though. Like... He spent the last series, and I know he only played four games, but he was like guarding KD for a lot of it. Yeah. And doing the offensive stuff. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's just not visibly, as visibly tired. Because I don't know if you saw Yanis in that game four. It's like he was literally like every yeah. time he stopped, like hands on his knees, like went down, just, just stayed lying on the floor for a while. Yeah. Whenever he ended up on the floor. Um, but yeah, I mean, but for Tatum, it's not just been like, I don't know, he's had a few. His his shooting really hasn't been there, which I don't know is probably have to watch it a bit close to know whether it's poor shooting or poor decision making. I guess it's a lot of times a bit of both. I think there's some of that and I think there's also that there's not the easy ones against this defence. It's so yeah. like he he's he's having to, he's always a jump shooter. Because if yeah. you go to the basket, there's these two enormous yeah. guys there. And that's part of it. That's that's kind of the magic of their defense. And then they've got Drew Holiday when you're trying to shoot a lot. Oh, he hasn't, he's had Wesley Matthews, but like, you, they've got Drew Holiday that can throw at people on the perimeter, and then they've got the length of Giannis and Lopez on the inside. Um, the the Bucks are just absolutely awesome, and it's kind of, I didn't think they were quite this awesome. I didn't think they'd be able to be this competitive with the Celtics, and they now might not have to go on the road again in the series, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. They can win it at home and not have to go back to Boston. I mean, if the, also if they do to put it out there now, if they, I would pick the Bucks if they do go back to Boston, because I basically yeah. think Giannis is at that sort of peak at the moment where it's like, I, I, I find it kind of impossible to bet against him in that sort of situation. Yeah, and I mean this series, I, I, I of course it's like they're locked in this series, so they have to get through this first. But it's like if they do. I mean, they've got to be right up there, haven't they, again? I think they're title favourites right now. It's happened with other teams as well. That we're going to come on to, of course, like in this um, this round of the playoffs. It's like they've looked the most convincing, like consistently. Like even even the losses have been close. I, yeah, I think they're the title favourites. And if they win this well, series, actually, I think they're title favourites. Game two wasn't that close, actually, saying that, but, you know... I think they are by a distance, actually, if they've come out of this series. Because I don't, I don't, I've got a, unfortunately, I fear the conference finals might not be in the East, might not be that interesting. I think Boston and Milwaukee are quite a lot better than the other two teams. Um, and we, also, like, if Milwaukee can do this to Boston, who supposedly have, and they're well, not supposedly, they do have all these guys to throw at Yanis. Grant Williams has defended him well. They've tried yeah. Marcus Smart and they've got Tatum. Horford has played. 37-year-old Al Horford has yeah. played absolutely so out of his mind. Actually, it's ridiculous. Al Horford is now just... He was going, getting, 
flying in for putbacks and stuff last night. It's just an incredible series from him. Oh, he's great against Brooklyn as well. Yeah. But like, so they managed to beat this Boston team without Middleton. And then it's like, well, there's an, if Middleton comes, there's apparently he's not coming back in this series, like whatever. There's been a lot of lying about injuries in these playoffs already from all over the shop and teams have got fined for it. Um, but like he's going to come back by the sounds of it in the conference finals relatively early on. Sounds like the most likely thing. I, I, yeah. I, I think I'd pick them. Well, I would pick them over Miami or Philly without Middleton. Yeah. I, I fear for any team that's coming up against the Bucks if Middleton's yeah, back Middleton's and he's playing I mean, well. He's, I guess Middleton takes like minutes off Matthews, does he? Uh, well, it'd be yeah, few, and then Grayson Allen and a little bit less Portis, and it gives them way more flexibility because part of the issue is um, they now... So, like, with going, like, the really small lineups where they might even just play Yanis at the five... Yeah, they've not got the... They've not got the wings to do that at the moment. They've not got, like, the medium... The medium-sized lineup, almost. Yeah, and, and will they just... They don't have, like... Will you end up with, like, a Holiday, Allen... Connerton, Matthews, Yannick, like that's that's too small. That's that's not work. Yeah, that's way too small. But, you, yeah. but they, you could try the Middleton, which would work against Miami. I think you could do Middleton at the four with Yannis at the five. Then you get your shooting and Allen, Connerton, or or Matthews and whoever and Holiday. Yeah. Which I, you'd imagine they would play against Miami. That makes a lot of sense against like a Bam Tucker front court, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's not going to be like too imposing, is it? I mean, Tucker, Tucker's not going to be attacking inside that much, I'd imagine. No, and even so, Middleton's like what six eight, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I mean, on that note, let's should we move on to the other series because uh, we've we've covered that one a lot. Do you do you it. give Boston a chance quickly? Do okay. you give Boston a chance and um, come back? Yeah, I do. I give them a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think well, the whole series has been back and forth. It's like I think they've got a sliver, but I just I don't know about beating beating Giannis two games in a row. Basically, I, I, it's the thing though. It's like if Giannis, it's almost like well, he, he was great game three, was it? And then he was just exhausted game four, and he's and he's now like tagged them again in this game five. So it's like who knows? Who knows? Game six, maybe he's like. You know, absolutely blowing at half time again, and then Celtics take it. Yeah, so. yeah, it's possible. I mean, they—they, they, I think they probably need him to be worn out. That's yeah, but I—I I think there's probably a good chance of that as well. With how the rest of the series has gone so far, I mean, it's not exactly like he's had a long rest any time since that other game when he was no absolutely worn out. So yeah, that's just going to build up really as the playoffs go on. Um, okay, yeah, on to the Warriors and Grizzlies, which I don't know, it's been a very weird series, I think. I mean, it's ejections, injuries, yeah, bad ejections stuff. right at the start, lots of bitterness, Morant. lots of bitter comments in the media and on Twitter. Morant, um, Morant being out is a shame, is a shame, isn't it? But, um, so was it, wait, so was it was the first game that Draymond Green got ejected, yeah, a really soft ejection. Yeah, and, and Moran played the whole game. And that one, I think it was 
when they lost that with Moran, that when, when they still had Moran, Andre and Green had got ejected. Yeah, that fell back. That was like, it? okay, they lost that by one point in the end. That's like, okay, yeah, they're, they're not coming out of this. And it's not really looked that much like they're going to come out of this since then either. But then it's also, you feel like the Warriors are just going to like go and end this series. And uh, last night they, well, they they lost 134 to 95. Which is actually, is genuinely flatters them because they were further behind than that for quite a lot of the game. Yeah. They, they, they basically didn't, their effort was like not there. I yeah. know that can often be reductive. They literally were just like not I mean, engaged from I the start. It, yeah, like uh, earlier on, it was like the defense was just like, these people are not trying to stop the ball going to the basket yeah. early in the game. And then it was like, was it midway through the third quarter or something? It was like all the stars are out anyway. They're like yeah, no, then that's when the score kind of doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, um, it's kind of from that point. It's that point where you need to look at it really. But early on, they were. So there was the effort was poor. There was also some of these things where it's just like a team starts hitting their threes, and then it instead of it being all oh, right, we better get we better get in gear here and fight back. There was a little. I it yeah. almost felt like they went, oh, we'll just go home. We'll go home. We'll just and go do it at home. Which they better do because otherwise they're facing yeah. game seven it's, in Memphis. Well, yeah, it's going to look really bad. If they don't win the next one. But even um, so, they've got an older core. Just yeah. win it now. Just win it. Get it done, and then you, with how the other series are looking, you're going to be waiting a few days. You get your rest in. It just, yeah, although maybe not a good like, sign when a team does that. Ba- they basically, they basically had the re- a rest day then, didn't they? What they've done, yeah. Like, don't know. Maybe decide, oh, we'll have a rest and then play a game, then and rest a bit rather than win it and then, and then uh, have long rest. But yeah, it's it doesn't look great when they've they've kind of given up on it there particularly when they were in complete control of the series and maybe they still are and they'll just go and roll them well, again like they did. Unfortunately, the but, it, um, it would be really interesting if it was we were told Morant was day-to-day and he just missed out yesterday. It sounds like he's basically done. Yeah. Um, and it, it like from the look of the injury, it also you look at that and think, well, that's not, that's not a, a healing in four days kind of job, um, which sucks. Because if it was Morant's now going to come with them to San Francisco to play tomorrow night, then it would be like, okay, well, all it takes is Morant goes crazy again, like he did in game two, or even not quite that crazy. And they, they take that one, and then it's like, well, game seven, and they've got home court, it's advantage Grizzlies. I'd be, you'd be surprised if this gets back to Memphis. like, Yeah. But you're right. I mean, a, a team in the middle of the playoffs, sort of just talk about flicking the switch usually to turn it on. They was like, they flicked it off. Just yeah. really bizarre. Like, just they all forgot that they were in a playoff game. It was like they went behind in a regular season game and saw, ah, oh, not, not closing out there. Oh, they got, oh, the guy's driving to the basket. Oh, and yeah. then they just got a layup and then uh, we'll trot up the floor now. I mean, yeah, it does, it is a bit like they, they don't quite really respect this Grizzlies team. They at the moment as any sort of threat, they're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We we can win the last one whenever we want to. Um, but but they they have to do it now. Yeah, you actually yeah you've now kind of put pressure on yourselves, which was not necessary. Um, 
it's a weird one that because like it, it always sounds like really lazy analysis to just be like oh yeah they weren't they weren't trying they weren't engaged and stuff but like sometimes you just watch a team and you kind of see that they're not like, there wasn't anything particularly complicated other than that going like going on especially it was like the Grizzlies started making some shots the Warriors weren't and then once they fell behind by a bit it was like it, there wasn't like oh we, we're going to have to defend harder it went to uh, oh this one's done then on to the next one sort of thing um, which is concerning but like the, yeah it feels like there's not it's really weird with the Warriors though isn't it because they obviously beat the weakened Nuggets yeah and then they now play a Grizzlies team where when a series looked like it might be getting interesting Moran gets hurt there's been these flashes yeah. where it's like, oh my it's god, like, they're unstoppable. But we don't, I don't really know where not they're at. Really had to get going yet. It seems like so. It's... And then they put a performance in like that, and then you're like, well, is that going to happen when they play like a really good team? Yeah, I mean, I know. I assume it's they're just kind of saving themselves for that, really. But yeah, it's. It's weird, isn't it, in the playoffs? You usually expect it all just to be flat out all the way. Yeah, and there are other concerns like that. I mean, defensively, um, it's going to be weirdly not as much of a problem against if they play Dallas. But if they play Phoenix, and I think we'll come on, Aiton's not been as aggressive against the smaller lineups as he should have been. Yeah. But he's destroyed the Warriors yeah. a few times because he's just way bigger than all of I, their players. The point with that, actually, with the Grizzlies, is they've... I know tactically they've not really gone gone big much well, they have they? They brought Adams back recently, but um, him having COVID at the start of the series was a bit of a... kind of took that one away from them. Um, but even that's... He's not the same sort of... I mean, he's going to be a nuisance on the boards kind of big, isn't he? Yeah, but I, I think that... I mean... And maybe they have done that the last couple of games actually a bit more, but you just just Jackson Adams just just play both of them quite a lot. Yeah, you feel like I know that that's really where their weakness is. The Warriors like the, just put a couple of big guys in there. Like you're not gonna trying to play them at the transition freeze game. Like it's very difficult to win that. Even with Clay, Clay's had a really bad series as well, which is kind of under the radar concern going forward. Like if he, because he's not, he's now a weak point defensively. That's the other thing is you've got, so Jordan Poole is like a negative defensively. We're not always a weak point because he's still got the size at least, but like foot speed wise, like really struggling against a lot of people. Um, And then you've got the lack of size as I was. So Aiton, if they face him, is going to be a massive threat on the offensive glass and just, as a role man, he should be. He's going to get loads of easy points, as he has when he's played them in the regular season. Um, Dallas, if they play them, it's a better matchup. But then, if they get into the finals, I think they're basically going to be playing Yanis, and yeah. then they face the Yanis Brook Lopez thing. And this interesting yeah, that, that would be a fascinating is, series. Yeah, but getting a bit ahead of it, but it's like the Bucks love giving away. They give up. You can shoot as many threes as you want, but you can't come to the basket. The Warriors will shoot all of the threes, but, but then they've got vulnerable inside. Yeah, they've got the most dominant, best player in the league. Who's they have no way of stopping him really. Like even Draymond, yeah. Draymond will give it a good go, but he's like half a foot shorter than Giannis. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that 
yeah, I, I kind of want that matchup now. Actually, you mentioned that. Um, but mention this other series. Maybe we should just move on to the Suns Mavericks as we kind of started talking about them there. Yeah. Because um, there's not really a lot more to say about Grizzlies Warriors. It's kind of been defined by the Morant injury and then Warriors are in control. Well, we'll talk about it. If the Warriors blow it, we'll, we'll have to do yeah. a, a quick fire podcast to go, what the hell happened there? Basically, yeah. at the moment, it's just the Warriors going to go through. Like, yeah. That's it. Yeah, Fine. we'll we may well do another one. You know, reacting to the ends of these series because they a lot of them are kind of the balance. Um, so anyway, yeah, the back to Suns Mavericks. Yes, like yes. um, I mean, like we'll come on to the Heat. Another one of these weird series where after two games it looked like a complete disaster on paper. Dallas had been like outplayed and then they go back and they win there too. What was interesting though is for all that they got blown out by the Suns, the one was it the first game they lost by seven points and it flattered the Mavericks a lot. Most of the game they were not anywhere near. The shot quality after those two games basically had them really close and the whole series the shot quality has been like pretty much neck and neck and then basically they went back to Dallas and Dallas got their like got their regression in, and then they won their two games. And then they went back to Phoenix. No one's, everyone's held serve so far. But it's just strange how, because of, when that happens, it often feels like, oh my God, because it is crisis point for the Mavericks. They come home for game three, but you lose that and it's all over. But then you win it, and then it's 2-1, and then you win the next one. It's, oh my God, we're back in the series. We're in the next one, and then we're going to finish it off at home in game six. It's like, it's why playoff basketball is so good, really. Is like there's just each of these games has an absolutely enormous swing on what seems like either sort of momentum nonsense or actual like confidence and genuine pressure that's on each one of the games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It's kind of been a weird one, hasn't it? Because I, I mean, the Suns, the Suns are like fully healthy now, aren't they? Yeah. Or supposedly, I mean, everyone's playing at least. Um, and with the Suns being fully healthy, it's like what, like I mean, how they were in the regular season. Again, this is maybe people putting too much weight on the regular season, and kind of generally just talk around the Suns. It's kind of you would have thought they'd just roll them over, particularly once continue up. Yeah, but um, I guess maybe this is the uh, this is just the reductive best player on the court thing. Well, there's there's definitely an element of that. I mean. Um, there weren't. There were. They seemed to be very, very heavy on Doncic isolations in the first couple of games, and actually, when the Mavericks were really good against the Jazz, a lot of it was the drive and kick stuff. And obviously, Doncic is going to have his isolations and do his crazy stuff. Um, but they've they've defended him like pretty much straight up. Like they've obviously helped a bit because it would be stupid not to. But they've not done the like throwing loads of pressure at him. Like they've left like even bigger guys and people he could basically beat off the dribble. They've kind of allowed him to like, which was it one where he got, was it the second game of the series? Sorry, I should, should have written this down. Yeah. So we all got 45 in game one and 35 in game two, and they lost both of them, like quite considerable, like considerable margin. So well, fine. Look, you can do that, but you're not going to have yeah. 35 and 20 assists. Um, 
Some of that was also just like their outside guys not hitting any shots. Jalen Brunson's the big thing for them because when he's going, one, it makes it just way harder to defend. There's also him getting the ball. Like he, they've they mixed up a little bit. I think they've started letting him bring it up more, which one gives Doncic some time off. And it just mixes up like how their offense looks. And occasionally Doncic, I think, just giving it away rather than always resorting to a step back or like going into his mid-range stuff. Um, and Brunson's then been effective in three, four, and five. And they're, yeah. obviously they're way more dangerous when they've got a second ball handler rather than him just sort of being there. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, like you said, that, that's a big thing really, isn't it? They have, they've definitely like made a conscious effort to just kind of limit his options. Doncic, I mean. Yeah. Um, and actually in game five, he only had two assists. Which maybe that's got to be like a career low, hasn't it? In a game that he's actually played the whole thing. Maybe I mean you, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? But um, it is maybe it's kind of yeah. With that, it's like rather than looking at Doncic's points or shooting percentages away, it might actually just be like his assist numbers tell you everything in a win. Yeah, well, there's also where the people he's giving it to when they do find someone open are hitting the shot because Dorian Finney-Smith yeah. had an eight-three game. They had one where um, Dorian Finney-Smith and Davis Bertans went and combined like 12 for 16 or something from three. So it's going to be hard to lose if that happens. Yeah, um, yeah you're right about... Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of, it always seems a bit naff when it goes, oh, well, who's got the best player in this series? Because the Suns are obviously a better team than the Mavericks. But also Doncic is like... At the moment, he's like a top five player... And the complete control he has over the game, the passes he manages to pick out, partly because of his size, and like so, even when he looks like he's in trouble in a possession, so often it's like, well, there was a shooter that was actually behind his head, and he somehow finds them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and having a guy with that, the ability to be both a scorer and a playmaker, although not a defender, that's the other thing. Is they they had one game where they just went after him constantly. It was just they, that's how they won was they just made him defend the whole time and he didn't yeah, really. That, I guess that might be a difficulty, really, isn't it? With um, actually, you know, winning a championship and such, like you might need to improve that before they probably get to that point. Yeah, it's, although you can't really be just that targetable like that. I just want to put a take out there though, and given what I was saying about the two-way stuff with Yanis. Maybe what we just said with Doncic's defense takes away from this a bit. Can you make a strong case that the four best players in the league right now are international players? Yes. I think it's hard to argue. Yanis, Jokic, and Bede, Doncic. It's yeah, hard to argue against that. in the conversation? Well, KD will get thrown in there, I guess. Yeah. It's just there's a bit of reason to be biased because he just shot like 4% for a playoff series, though. But Because um, I've seen a couple of people discussing that if you had Team USA versus Team World at the moment. I mean, the fit with those those four guys isn't very good. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just it's, I think that was, won't have ever been true in the history of the NBA. Where no, the although four... I mean, just general other international players that you could probably build a team where you have a pretty good fit. Yeah. Or you could just run Doncic, Giannis, pick and roll, I guess, and it wouldn't matter anything else that happens. Yeah. 
I mean, you the, might the game will be over. You can be soft players to defend. Yeah. Yeah, um, come, come for Doncic. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that maybe that could be a podcast at some point. That's that's an off season one. Yeah. Um, okay, I don't really know what else to say about this series. Um, I hope it goes seven. Is what I want to say. I want to see Luka Doncic against the number one overall seed in a game seven. Yeah. Okay, also, yeah, that we could potentially, including at least one at a watchable time in the UK, have three straight game sevens on Sunday. Yeah. Then we will have to do another podcast early next week. Yeah. Just Although I, I think that would include the Warriors and Grizzlies going to seven. Yeah, that's, but... yeah okay. That's not happening. <laughs> no. um, okay, so let's um, let's go back to the east. Heat Sixers. Heat and the Sixers, yeah. Um, I mean, what you were just saying earlier is um, it's kind of yeah, maybe maybe it doesn't matter because they're going to lose the Bucks. I think that's probably true. Although for the Sixers getting to the conference finals, having not done so in the post like process era, yeah, would be would be significant. Um, and it would be kind of heroic if, particularly now from three two down, if Embiid with a broken face and a broken hand manages to pull them through. I mean, that would be unbelievable. Because he's not been yeah. putting up huge numbers. His rebounding's been down a bit as well with the hand issue. But just the impact he has on a game at both ends, some of the stuff he's doing defensively is absolutely wild. Because I think he was carrying so much offensively that his defense like did drop off a bit in the regular season. But just people, were, when he's near the basket, people, you actually see people dribble in and stop and then just like turn around. And, like I'm not even going to think about shooting. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> There's a couple of times, I, I, I think I retweeted one the other day, where like someone dribbled in and he switched onto them and then just like basically ushered them away and out to the perimeter. <laughs> and they, but it's not like he does that and then they can dribble around him. They just like disappear underneath him. He's so enormous yeah. and can move his feet so quickly. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and on, the other end, on the other end as well, it's like basically teams have to double him most of the time. Although I don't think he have been a lot. They've been trying all sorts of other stuff and they've ended up with smaller guys on him. There've been quite a few where they keep fronting him. They've been fronting him since he came back with like yeah. Tucker or Butler. And the problem that used to really screw with them because they couldn't they had no one who could pass the ball into him. But now Harden can. And you just get these like throw it over the top and it's like, well Yeah. It's like nine foot tall. And yeah. but the part of the issue is is if you give him the if you can get him the ball anywhere near the basket he either scores or he gets free throws because he, he's just too big. He's too big and his footwork's too good. And he's, he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't bobble the ball or anything. Like, he just, it goes straight into his hands and then he decides to go into the yeah. basket. You're going to want to get out of the way. The 76ers at the moment, it does feel a lot like they are, um, which maybe says even more from being, they are, they're in the category, they're not really a great team. But as as this series has shown, really, it's like Embiid was out first two games. They lost. And they lost, like, comprehensively. 
then he's back, that, and then they win. That was another one where the and shot quality even when he's was back, close. he's back and he's injured. He's playing injured, and they win. It's the kind sh- of just like, yeah, it, it's like, like you say, it's just like when he's when he's on the court, no matter who else is on the court, it just impacts the game so much that it gives them a good, like, a really good chance of winning. They also got some lucky, like the shooting did come back at the right time. Like, all of that's true. But the, yeah, the shot quality stuff was really close after two games. And there's classic yeah. thing of like role players don't hit threes on the road. They missed yeah. all of them. And then Embiid came back and they're at home and they hit all of them and they missed the load again. Um, the stuff offensively is, there's, like we were saying about like the help just always having to be on the way when you've got someone this good. Yeah. With Embiid, it's like, well, he's so, the threat of him receiving a pass is like Curry. Obviously not with the same level of movement, but he's, He's like a foot taller than Steph Curry, so yeah. You know. But the, the impact it has on the rest of the offense, just like pulling people around, just like he he moves like three foot on the court, and someone there's just like his panic that oh my god he's going to get the ball. Yeah. Um, although yeah, like looking beyond this series, if to I mean I don't really know. At this point, I'm not sure which side I'm, I would back. To come out of this series or to beat the Bucks? Yeah, come out of this series. Um, I mean, neither of them are going to beat the Bucks, basically. I would go Sixers, partly because I would prefer that outcome. I think it would be more interesting. Um, and because at least Harden is on the court, I think they've yeah. got a chance of putting up a fight against, with Lowry out at the moment. And then when he yeah. plays, he's clearly hurt. Yeah. The Heat also, he's, you know, Robinson ends up out of the rotation. And then he has these things where. He's having, using Hero a lot because they need his offense. This issue that I, where <laughs> they've got too many like attackable defenders. Yeah. The, the big thing with the Bucks is most of the time, I mean, Grayson Allen is attackable to a degree, but like, I don't think he's as vulnerable as like Hero or Robinson. And, and when Middleton's back, he's not going to be playing a lot, is he? And like with Boston, is they basically like, don't play anyone who can't defend people. That's what seems yeah. to be so much of it. I think this is probably the problem with the Sixers as well, really, is they've... Like, they play the Bucks, for example, like, let alone guarding Giannis. I mean, guarding Giannis, basically, Beach is going to be on that full-time, which then may also, the offense. Uh, yeah, but a series of Embiid versus Giannis at yeah, both ends would be amazing. Fun, but I mean, I just... The rest of it, though, is, like, defensively... Like yeah. Got, like what? Harris on Middleton, I guess, and then um, a lot of. Although he's he's putting some decent defensive performances, hasn't he? But he's not. No, he's been that. great in this postseason. Actually, he's been more aggressive, less of this like gets put in a three-point position, like open yeah. corner three, and holds it and thinks about it, just shoots it. Yeah. Um, and defensively, yeah, he's he's come on a long way. Um, I agree with. I I mean. The Heat are three to up, so you sort of got. I feel I've got the Heat to go through, but I also wouldn't be surprised that the six is so much now. So there's the outside shooting of like Niang and Harris and Green. A lot of it's just almost they won game four because James Harden suddenly could hit step back threes again. Yeah, he was driving occasionally yeah. in score, but it's mainly the step back three was going. And then it's like, yeah, well the Harden and Bead pick and roll is still unguardable yeah. even when Harden comes. Like Harden, like well, like old Harden, like it seems he occasionally is. And B, it's like okay, yeah. That, then that's like okay, maybe they just have, could have an unstoppable offense. They might, they would win the title. Too, they would have a really good chance. Me. Well, um, yeah, I mean, so much so that he ne- he's never got the drive to the basket stuff. 
But actually, when you've got Embiid, you run a screen and roll with Embiid. The Harden driving to the basket doesn't matter because if you can get it to Embiid, there's this panic. Oh my god, it might go to him again. Yeah. Um, I think we need to finish. Yeah, we nailed the timing on that. To be fair. Yeah. It's worked out in the end. Everything's worked out all right. Um, so yeah, just time for to plug plug the uh, the things podcast that you're listening to. Um, <laughs> if you've got this point, you, you could you might as well listen to it and I'm like not not this one again. But, you know, next time, listen to it again. Um, so yeah, subscribe if you want to do that. Anywhere you want, you can subscribe on Spotify on Apple Podcasts. It might be on Spreaker now. Should be soon if it's not. Um, and yeah, anywhere else. So yeah, thanks. Good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's not not probably maybe not the clearest <laughs> thing. But there we go. Bye. Bye.